motivations to serve. I think a lot of times, sometimes uh, in, in the world and in, in the day, uh, day and age that we live in, there's some crazy rules and crazy regulations for everything. Uh, there's, you know, stipulations for this or regulations for that and rules for just about everything. Or anywhere you go, there's a rule, you know, you go into a restaurant, they say no shoes, no shirt, no service. Uh, there's different rules and people have different regulations. But uh, tonight I want to look at what are, what are our motivations to serve? You know, how crazy would it be if we lived in Danville, Pennsylvania, where the law requires that fire hydrants be checked one hour before all fires. Uh, in Oklahoma, the law requires that drivers involved in a fatal accident stop immediately and give their names and addresses to those who they struck. In Ohio, it is illegal to fish for whales on Sunday. In Thailand, it is illegal to leave your house if you're not wearing underwear. <laughs> in Washington, a motorist with criminal intentions must stop at the city limits and call the chief of police as he is entering the city. In Kansas, if two trains meet on the same track, neither shall proceed until the other has passed. <laughs> these are laws. These are actual, real laws that are enacted in different parts, of, not only in our country, but around the world. But how crazy would it be if there was some crazy stipulations or some crazy rules for us to serve Jesus Christ? And tonight I want to look at a couple different things that we're going to see in, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter, uh, chapter 5. But, you know, I think of this. When, when I was a, a little bit younger, uh, during our summer breaks, my dad would say, okay, uh, uh, he would, every day he would, as, as he would be leaving uh, early in the morning, he would wake either me or my older brother up and he'd say, okay, this is what I want you guys to do today. It'll be like sweeping the driveway even though, you know, that. It was already swept the day before, uh, sweeping the driveway, cutting the uh, mowing the yard or uh, uh, doing the dishes or any some kind of chore just for us to do something. And I remember just as we were growing up, as, 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 he, as he woke us up early in the morning and we say, yeah, yeah, sure, daddy. Yeah, yeah. You know, and the first thing we do comes eight o'clock in the nine o'clock in the morning. Hey, dad, uh, <laughs> what did you want us to do again? And, you know, it was this back and forth. And, and, and but I knew that. Uh, the, the, these chores or these duties or this uh, uh, um, command that was given to us were going to be expected to be fulfilled. There was going to come, a, uh, when my dad would show up after work, he, there was an expectation of things to be done. I remember we uh, uh, growing up, my parents really didn't believe in uh, watching TV. But they had this ginormous TV on wheels. It was like on casters. It was one of those that the, 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 the glass was really, really thick on the front, you know, and, it, and so my parents had it in the garage. We were just weird like that. We had the TV in the garage, and for family nights, we'd roll the TV in, and, and we'd put it in the family room, and we'd watch TV, and that's basically the only time we got to watch TV, except during the summers when we were just home alone. We, when, as soon as my dad would leave, we'd get up and we'd, uh, my older brother and I, we'd roll the TV in, we'd come in with our bowls of cereals and we'd watch cartoons. And, and you know, the, like, and to be honest, there were days where we watched TV the entire day. And we'd look up because there was a certain cartoon that would come out at 4 o'clock and I knew that dad got off at 4.30, took him about 45 minutes to get home. And as soon as that cartoon come on at 4 o'clock, we haven't done anything. And we would immediately start just running around, just either mopping or sweeping or doing whatever the chore for the day was. 
And I remember specifically one time my dad came home early. And we heard the gate opening, and, and we kind of lived on a little bit of a long driveway. And we heard the gate opening, and immediately we jumped out of bed like you would have thought the fire alarm uh, went off. We got out the couch. We started pushing the TV. My older brother went. I, I don't know why, but my older brother went to the freezer, took out the green beans and the frozen stuff, and put it over the TV to cool it off so Dad wouldn't get any ideas. And I remember this was just uh, what we would do. And I remember my dad came home, and, and I think that day we had to mop the kitchen, and, and my dad just kind of looked. And my dad had, my parents had this weird thing of just always going to, like, the corners, you know, the weird places where you intentionally have to clean in order for it to be clean. And my dad would just say, you guys didn't clean today. And we're like, yeah, dad, yeah, you know, and, and that was it. And then my dad would just walk to the garage, and I remember for that day, my dad just walked to the garage and just kind of went like this to the T. And we knew we were done, you know, and we got grounded. And I think that, that day my dad cut the plug to the TV and he said, all right, now try to watch TV. And, and, but, you know, there's times where, where our motivations or our intentions aren't the best. You know, in, in the Bible, time and time again, we've been given a command to either go a command to serve, a command to just be a rightful testimony for Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, we've been just uh, encouraged and asked and, you know, uh, begged to present our bodies a living sacrifice or, or go ye into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in. Uh, just time and time again, there's different commands, but sometimes as Christians or just as human beings, we say, it's all right, God, you know, I know I have a little more time or maybe on Saturday I can do it for like 30 minutes or whatever. But the, our motivations to serve, what are they? As Christians, God has given us certain responsibilities to fulfill. And in 2 Corinthians, uh, starting in verses 9, and we'll move uh, throughout the chapter, uh, uh, there's a, Paul here gives us a list of different motivations just to simply serve. Uh, the first one is the judgment. Uh, it's a scary one or, or, or it's a, th a thoughtful one, but we have to consider that there is a judgment for our actions. The Bible says in Second uh, Corinthians 5, uh, verse 9, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his uh, body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. You know, we've been given a charge. We've been given a, a, a commandment as Christians to go. I want to focus on just uh, serving and, and just as a church family, we, we just got done with vacation Bible school and, and we had a great time, though we were tired and, and we were towards Fridays, we were kind of just struggling and, and, and just going through it and pushing through it. But, uh, you know, we, we were able to see five people trust to Christ as their personal savior. And that, to me, is just all worth it. You know, all the how tired I was and all that just kind of goes by the wayside because Lord, you gave us a part in that. But, you know, I'm reminded here of just uh, we're going to get judged for everything we do, whether it's good or bad, whether if we do it, even with a bad attitude, yes, I, I can do it, but say, oh, man, whatever, I just, we could be murmuring or whatever. If we have a bad attitude, yes, we're doing it, but we're going to be judged for that as well. We're going to be judged for everything. The Bible says good or bad. So you might say, well, I've, uh, you know, I've done good, but you've also done bad. We've all have. 
We've all, you know, the Bible says uh, uh, we were sinners and then Christ gave his life for us and now uh, we are new creatures. Uh, we have the opportunity to uh, repent and to turn from that. There's a story of a boy uh, who uh, every Saturday was charged uh, to do wash the van before Sunday church. Uh, it was his job to wash the van, but on one particular Saturday, he was, got the great idea as he was getting these supplies to wash the van. He said, man, I sure think my dad would really, really like an ice cream right now. So he jumped on his bike and rode uh, about half a mile to the store, bought an ice cream, bought one for himself, rode back and walked into the house saying, Dad, Dad, look what I got you. And the dad responded, thank you for the ice cream, uh, uh, but did you wash the van? Uh, the, the, the son later says, no, sir, uh, uh, I just thought you'd want an ice cream. The dad replied, I would rather you obey me than buy me an ice cream cone Immediately, the son ran out and washed the van. You know, how many times do, does it come to, uh, do we get to that point in our lives where we say, Lord, uh, I was doing this good. I was, I was, I was praying. I was, I was, you know, uh, I was giving to the church. I was doing these things. Uh, but the Bible says, go, go ye. And if we're not going, if we're not uh, being, doing our part, you know, it, it's like, we're like that little boy. Yeah, we might do it with the right intentions or thinking, you know, yes, I'm doing well or I'm doing right for God, but it's not what God commanded us to, uh, to do. So what is our motivation to serve? We see the judgment of his seat. Uh, God has a special work for each and every one of his children. He knows what is best and what, uh, what will bring us to the greatest fulfillment. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. You know, it's one of those where it's, it's not like God is uh, uh, standing over us, uh, cracking the whip, saying you have to go. He's, he gave us the commandment, and now it's up to us to, if we choose to obey. God doesn't think thoughts of evil, but thoughts of peace to give us that expected end. And it's to spend an eternity with him. And I, I was thinking of that. And what is our motivation to serve? Is it, oh, because we're going to stand before the, uh, the, the judgment seat? Or, or because we, out of a genuine love, we're saying, Lord, I, I'm choosing to obey you. I'm choosing to go. I want to go. Or is it secondly, is it the terror of the Lord? The terror of the Lord. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 11, uh, verse 11 reminds us of the eternal punishment uh, for those who do not receive Christ, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men that we may be, uh, uh, but we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your consciousness. You know, whether we like it or not, hell should be a motivator, because we're not we're not going to spend eternity there. But there's lost people out there. There's people, there's family members, there's uh, people we know, good friends, that w if we don't go, if we don't reach them, if we don't serve them, if we don't come to them with the, uh, the gospel, that's where they're going. That should be a, motivation, a motivator. That should be, say, Lord, I don't want to give me an opportunity to witness. Give me an opportunity to be the right kind of Christian. Give me an opportunity to tell people, say, Lord, uh, uh, you guys are, uh, this is where the Bible says you're going, but with love, with tenderness, saying uh, uh, there's a better place. And the terror uh, of, of a place uh, called hell should be a motivator because we, won't, we do not want anybody to spend an eternity there. Uh, uh, 
going and, and using that as a motivation is not just for, you know, uh, the staff of a church or just, you know, the deacons of a church. It's for every Christian, period. You know, it, it's our responsibilities because we're a Christian first before we're ever a churchman. We, are, we live the way we live our lives should be a testimony saying, Lord, I'm going, I'm, uh, I'm going because you, you, you sent me, you tell me to go. Uh, to the highways go to uh, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the world, go. It, it, it's simply, you know, uh, that should be a good motivator. Uh, it, it, it's, it's one of those where when we look back, I know Pastor, uh, the last three or four weeks kind of hit on this, is just uh, sharing that the, the, the gospel is, 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 is so simple that even a child can understand. And I know he broke it down and made those uh, uh, handouts for everybody to take one, but that's really how easy it is. It's not one, two, three, repeat after me, but it really is that simple. We're bad. There's a price to pay. God stepped in, paid that price for us so we can have an eternity with him. And what are our motivations? What are we motivated by? Is it because, you know, are we saying, well, if I don't go, you know, people are going to look at me and say, oh, you didn't go soul winning. You didn't tell that person. Or, Hey, good job. I saw you talking to that person. I saw you give a track. What is our motivation? So, you know, these are several uh, motivators that, you know, uh, that we can, uh, uh, good motivators that we can take from the Bible here in this passage and say, Lord, help me to use these motivators to get, uh, uh, be a better Christian for you. Uh, thirdly, I see that the love of Christ should be a motivator uh, or one of our motivations to serve or uh, the love of Christ in 2 Corinthians 5, verses 12 through 14, the Bible says, For we commend not ourselves against, uh, again unto you, but give you occasion of glory on our behalf, that ye may have somewhat to answer them which glory in appearance and not in heart. For whether we be beside ourselves, it is to God, or whether we be sober, it is for your cause. For that love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, and they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto them which, uh, unto him which died for them and rose again. Here's another challenge of uh, living our lives uh, uh, for him who gave our lives for, uh, for us. The word constrain is to cause a person to give into pressure. Uh, synonyms or, or, or comparisons could be to coerce, compel, to make, to obligate, or to drive. What's driving us? You know, uh, if you missed it, I, I, was, I was more impacted, I think, by, by the challenge I gave uh, the kids on Thursday night of VBS. And that spoke to me so much more than I, I believe it spoke to kids that, you know, the love of Christ is like that big uh, air bubble ball that is always with us. Wherever we go, it, it's not something that we can just uh, put aside. That's the kind of love that, that, of Christ that constrains us, that motivates us, that coerces, that compels us to live our lives in a manner that's honoring and pleasing of him. It's not like that hula hoop that we can jump in and jump out and, and leave by the side and only come back to when we need it. That's the love. And what is our motivation? Are we motivated to, to get the pat on the back and say, good job? Or, or are we motivated to say, Lord, because you did this for me, I'm being faithful, I'm going, I'm trying to reach, I'm, going, I'm trying to teach, I'm trying to be the right type of Christian, not because of what man thinks, but because of your love for me. What is your motivation to serve? What are you uh, motivated by? 
Amy Carmichael said, he said, love as I have loved you. We cannot love more than God. And that's a, a, a true statement there that Christ loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son. Uh, I, I, as I read that verse, you know, it, when you become a dad, it just, it, your, your perspective changes. And, and to me, that verse, you know, it's real now. You know, uh, I see my daughters running around. They, they, they run up, give me hugs. And the thought of, of me giving my child up, unbearable. But yet Christ did that for us. That was his love towards us. That was his, and that's the love that drives us. That's the love that constrains us. That's the love that should motivate us to be a better Christian, to strive uh, to be like Christ. Uh, um, there is no force in the universe greater than the love of Christ. Romans 5, 8 says, But God commended his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Again, I ask, what is your motivation? What is your motivation to, to be a, a Christian? What is your motivation to serve? What is your motivation to go? You know, uh, I see that there's a command to be an ambassador for Christ. There's a command to be an ambassador for Christ. The Bible says in, in, in chapter 5, of, starting in verse 15, and, he, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Wherefore, uh, uh, henceforth, know we, uh, no man after the flesh, yet though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given us to the ministry of reconciliation. To wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now that, when we, now that we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. There's a command to be an ambassador for Christ. We, we are, our ministry is to, of reconciliation. It's not to judge. It's not to point the finger. It's not to say, you're bad, you're bad, you're going to hell. No, it's to say, there's a love out there that, that someone pay the price and restore. restore. And, and, you know, uh, we've heard the metaphor before that the, the church is a hospital of, of uh, sick people trying to get right. And that should be our mindset of, Lord, I'm in the business of helping people know you. That should be a motivation. We should be an ambassador. Go, the Bible says, go to the highways and hedges and compel them to come in. Are we going? Are we, what are our motivations? You know, uh, Oswald Chambers said, have you ever realized that you can give things to God that are of value to him? Or are you just sitting around daydreaming about the greatness of his redemption while neglecting all the things you could be doing for him? I'm not referring to works which could be regarded as divine and miraculous, but ordinary, simple human things. Things which would be evidence to God that you are totally surrendered to Him. You know, I find that, that, that statement uh, challenging. We don't have to. <laughs> I was telling uh, Brother Kenny earlier, uh, I was out with the girls yesterday, and uh, we were sitting at the playground, and there was this lady making a, uh, 
balloon animals. And, and, and this guy, this gentleman walks up to her, and, you know, he, she, he, he's got his kids, and, and, and I'm just sitting there watching. And, and he's like, the whole time he's just doing this. He's just like, oh, man, oh, man. And so the lady's like, sir, is your shoulder bothering you? He's like, yeah, you know, I heard it the other day. And she goes, oh, okay. From a scale of 1 to 10, how bad does your shoulder hurt? And he said, oh, probably like a seven. She goes, okay. And this is no exaggeration. She literally goes, come here. And she put his hands on him. And she starts speaking in tongues, I guess. I don't know what she was saying. And then she was saying, pain, I say to you, release him, pain, release him. And I was like, I'm glad that wasn't me because I would have freaked out. And then she's just saying, get away from him, pain, get away from him. And then she proceeded to say, you know, a prayer and just, you know, saying, Lord, uh, I pray that you uh, remove the pain from this gentleman, blah, blah, blah. And she said, amen. And I was trying to get my phone to work, but, you know, it wasn't happening. And then so she asked the guy, she said, sir, now how do you feel from one to ten? And the guy's like, seven. (laughs) And you know what? And I just thought to myself there, what this lady's motivation was, something tangible, you know, not by faith. There, there's, you know, what are our motivations? But, you know, I was convicted, though, regardless of her different beliefs or whether she's right or wrong or whatever, her conviction to be an ambassador for Christ at that point in time was greater than mine. Because I could have said, you know what, here's a track. But I was so wrapped up in thinking, what in the world is going on? But, you know, it's true. What are our motivations? What's our desire? What's our drive? What is compelling us to drive and be an ambassador or, or, or motivate us to serve Jesus Christ? Uh, um, we do have a great privilege, and that is to represent Jesus Christ. As a Christian, how have you represented the Lord today? Are you willing to live your life unselfishly each day in, in order to point others to Christ? Second Chronicles 15, 7, but ye, uh, but ye strong, uh, strong, therefore, let not your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. Again, that's a promise of whatever we do, you, the, the law of reaping and sowing, what is our motivation? Are we motivated to be the right ambassador, to simply just obey Jesus Christ and just go and serve and teach and, and reach people? But lastly, tonight I see the perfect uh, Jesus' perfect record for our sinful life, the perfect record. In verse 21, it says, For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. You know, the, uh, years ago, a well-known evangelist was pulled over for speeding in a small southern town and taken to traffic court. The preacher uh, uh, pleaded guilty because he had been speeding. Recognizing him, the judge said, you are guilty and the fine must be paid, but I'm going to pay it for you. The preacher said that, no one, that not only did the judge pay that fine, but after court, the judge took him out for a steak dinner. The preacher said that is how God treats repentant sinners. And that's so true. Not only did uh, God pay, pay the price for our sins, but he's also given us an eternity with him. And that's a perfect, just the Jesus perfect record for our sinful lives. We're all sinners. I don't care who you are. You are a sinner saved by grace. We're all sinners. But when we trusted Christ as our Savior, God in his mercy and grace replaced our debt with the perfect 
uh, righteousness of Jesus Christ. Nothing will ever be laid to our charge. We were once guilty, but Jesus paid the, pri paid the price for our sins on that cross. And through faith, we have received justification through his blood. There's a story, and I'll close with this. A lady goes to a photographer, and she's trying to get these portraits done. And she says, she's trying to get her good side, and she says, now, sir, do me justice. The photographer looks at her and says, ma'am, you don't need justice. You need mercy. <laughs> How fortunate it was that, that Christ said that to us. God did that for us. The judgment that we deserve is an eternity in hell. But because of his love for us, gave us the opportunity to live our lives, motivated to serve him. So I ask tonight, what is your motivation to serve? Are you doing it to have the pat on the back? So you can say, yes, I gave out 251 tracts last week. So people would say, wow, what a great Christian. Or is it truly to say, Lord, I'm trying to have that abiding relationship, that one-on-one -on -one connected to the vine, say, Lord, I'm living my life because this is how you intended for me to live. Let's pray. Lord God, I sure do love you. Lord, I pray that you just allow us to leave out of here motivated, Lord, to serve you, to live our lives in a manner that's honoring and pleasing to you day in and day out, Lord. Allow us not to just be a... Uh, uh, Christians when people are around, Lord, but to just be 24-7 Christians, ambassadors motivated to serve you, Lord. Lord, I pray that you just allow us to never get over the thought of what you did for us, Lord, and the price that you paid. Lord, I pray that you just keep that uh, thought, uh, allow us to just keep that thought in the forefront of our minds as uh, we might see people as souls that need to know you as their personal Savior, Lord. Lord, I pray you bless us now as we go. Lord, I pray you bring us back at our next appointed time, Lord. I pray that you bless the, uh, uh, the lives and families represented in this uh, room tonight, Lord. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen.